Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Let's give the glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name. Thank you, Pastor Gleason. I'm so thrilled to be able to be with you here today and to bring to you the story of the country of Jordan and the Middle East. And I am thankful for all of you that are here. I'm thankful to be able to see the Sherry's and the Nixes and uh, the Cantrells online and the Shaw's from Colorado. And, amen. It's so good to be in the house of God, isn't it? Amen. And I'm excited about what God is going to do here today. I, I feel that from the, from the first song that was sung that God confirmed to me what he had for me to speak today. I love the way God works. Isn't he an awesome God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I honor this beautiful church and our assistant general superintendent, Stanley Gleason. Hallelujah. And Queen Marlene. Amen. Good to see all of these beautiful costumes. Somebody asked me if I was going to be wearing a dish dash today, and I said, no, <laughs> not today. But I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 5, verses 17 through 21, and then I will read 22 after that. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to baal Perazim, and David smote them there and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon my enemies before me, as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. And there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. And then verse 22 that I'll deal with later says, And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Pastor, would you pray? Yes, Lord. Lord, let diseases be healed and sicknesses be cured and devils cast out and the Holy Spirit fall. I pray that you will use Brother Reed right now for the edification of the body of Christ. Yes, for Lord. For direction, for vision, for purpose, and for change. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. The time is now. Amen. You know, David had been anointed many long years before he was established in his kingdom in Jerusalem. 
There had been many opportunities for David to consolidate his kingdom before that time, but he only wanted God to do the establishing. For many years, he was, after he was anointed by Samuel, he had waited on the timing of God. He'd become the armor bearer of Saul, had even ministered to him in song when Saul was distressed by an evil spirit. He had slain the giant Goliath, but it was not yet God's time for him to take possession of the kingdom. When Saul saw the honor that was given to to David, even by his own son, the crown prince, Jonathan, he became so enraged that he began to try to kill David. Twice David could have taken the life of Saul, but he was unwilling to lay a hand on the life of Saul because at one time he had been the anointed of God. David faced numerous problems in the following years, but was able to encourage himself in the Lord. He knew that God does all things well. Even after the death of Saul, it was a number of years before uh, God established David's kingdom in Jerusalem. The Philistines had been more than happy to sit back and watch Saul's faction and David's faction fight. And try to destroy each other. But uh, David's love for God. And his patience in waiting for the Lord. Resulted in many of the beautiful psalms that we worship to today. But the time finally came. And David was established by God. In his kingdom. He might have said the time is now. Amen. Many would think that this would be the end of the struggles, but being in the will of God does not make us immune to the attack of the enemy. When we have overcome by the power of God, we become a favorite target of the enemy. Someone said the higher you go, the the more of a target you present. Amen. Brother Gleason, you're getting up there. (laughs) I thank God that he's got the anointing of God on his life. Praise the Lord. When we first went to the Middle East, we realized we were going up against some very different things. Now, the scripture that we read said that the Philistines came and camped in the valley of Rephaim. That word Rephaim literally is the word giants. So they came up and they set up their camp in the valley of the giants. And we knew when we went to the Middle East that we were going to go up against a lot of giants. The giants of Islam, of orthodoxy, of Judaism, of culturalism, of spiritual fundamentalism. But we'd already faced giants in the city of Sheridan, Wyoming before we had ever gone to the Middle East. Sheridan was a place where many had gone and tried to start churches. No one had stayed longer than six weeks. It was an ent- a retirement community. And even my district superintendent tried to discourage us from going there. But I said, Brother Sermon, I really feel like God wants us there. At the time, we did not realize that the Native American medicine wheel was just up on top of the mountain overlooking the city of Sheridan. We didn't realize that this valley was known to the Native Americans as the, their happy hunting ground because all of the 
game from the east and the west met there in that valley. And we didn't know that just north of there was where Custer and his army faced their last stand. No church in the city had had any kind of revival for at least 50 years. Amen. But the Lord sent us there. And six months after we got there, two coal mines opened. And there was just an influx of young couples that began to come in to work. And uh, we were beginning to, to really uh, struggle because we faced all kinds of things. We, we almost lost our oldest son, our second son. We thought he was going to die in birth. And the, the, the devil was trying to tell us, this is my valley. You can't have this. But we didn't believe that. Amen. And so we began to pray. We began to work. And in the next seven years, we baptized around 200 people. Amen. And when God called us to the Middle East, that church in Sheridan was the second largest church in the Rocky Mountain District. Not because of us, but because of God. Now, what was interesting to me, Pastor, is that when we started having revival, Many of the other denominal churches started having a semblance of revival as well. You know, they say that a rising tide lifts all boats. When the Pentecostal churches in a city begin to have revival, it touches the whole community. It stirs up spirits, but it also brings in angels. Amen. And so when we were called to the Middle East, we knew what we'd already gone through. We, we thought we'd faced nearly everything. But uh, when we arrived in Jordan, we, re we realized that there was no revival there as well. In fact, when we went to the Middle East, there was a small church in Egypt and really nothing else. A few scattered people that from missionaries in the past had been baptized and, and uh, some had gotten the Holy Ghost. But the Middle East had been a graveyard for missionaries. In fact, when I applied, Brother Judd said, we're probably not going to send anybody else to the Middle East because it's been a graveyard for missionaries. Amen. And so we got there. Hallelujah. And as we were studying the language, interestingly enough, our teacher told us, I want you to know that Arabic is going to be the language of heaven because it'll take you an eternity to learn it. <laughs> One of the assignments that we had from the language school, which was an underground school run by uh, a free will Baptist group, uh, one of their assignments was for us to go to church and try to, to hear words in, in Arabic and come back and, and try to figure out what they were. But we didn't have a church yet to go to. So we decided to start visiting some of the churches in the city. But we didn't go to just be observers. Amen. We got involved and worshiped as much as we could. And one day we were on our way up the mountain to visit a Baptist church up on Jebel Webde. And it was snowing. And uh, we saw a young couple. She was pregnant and they were struggling up the hill in the snow. And, and uh, so we stopped and asked them if we could give them a ride somewhere. And they said, yeah, we're going up to the, the Baptist church up there. I said, well, that's where we're headed. And so we got there and we sat with them during the service. And, and uh, after the service, the young man said, you're not Baptist, are you? <laughs> I 
I, I said, no. He said, uh, what are you? I said, we're, we're Pentecostal. And he broke out in the biggest grin and said, praise God, I'm a Baptocostal. <laughs> Come to find out, he had received the Holy Ghost and his father-in-law, who was a Baptist pastor in the city of Zerka, had also received the Holy Ghost. And uh, he wanted us to come out and visit his church, so we did so. And uh, he asked us to preach. You know, I, I said, sure. I, I, did, I did tell them, if you don't put any strictures on what I preach. And so I, I preached for them. They divided, invited us to a meal afterwards, and we got to know them a little bit, and them us. And come to find out that this first young man that we met while we were sitting there that day said, I know just who you need to meet. And so he took us to a group of people meeting in homes from many different denominations who had left their church because they had problems with the teachings of a triune God. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. God gave us favor with them and we were invited to teach them search for truth for about a year and a half. And uh, many of them had already received the Holy Ghost and subsequently there in the next few uh, months, there were around 200 that were baptized in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And, and we're, we're so excited. Oh, yes, God, we're having revival. And we, we found that uh, there was a, a man in that group that was from a, a Nazarene church. And he said, I want you to come and visit our church. And so we, we did that and God opened that door and we became friends with, with that man. And, and uh, I was talking to Renee about him the other day and he told me one day when I retire, I'm going to come and work with you. But uh, unfortunately, God took him home before that happened. But he'd been filled with the Holy Spirit and come to find out his wife was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost by the McFarlands over 15 to 20 years before over in Palestine. God is an awesome God. But Satan, amen, is not going to tuck any tail and run. And so he, he had come there in that area and said, I am the giant here. Amen. You see, there comes a time in our lives when we begin to see the will of God carried out, but we cannot let our guard down. The groups that we were working with came to us one day and said, we love you and we love the truth you're teaching us and we want to continue to get literature from you, but we have to ask you not to come back. Mm. They said there are articles that are being written in the newspaper that there are foreign Christian missionaries who are teaching our Jordanian Christians to back the Israeli government. And since we as a church were not legal, they said we cannot allow you to come back because you will jeopardize our meetings. It didn't matter that we were not doing any of that, but it was a perception that they were worried about. So we withdrew thinking, God, what would you have us to do? Amen. Now let's go back to David as he's there in the valley of Rephaim. In the valley of the giants. And he said, God, what would you have me to do? Will you give the victory? And God said, yes, go up, for I will give you the victory. And so David went up with his army. And the Bible says that God broke through upon the enemy. 
Now, Hebrew is a very uh, picturesque language. And the picture of the word that they used there was an, of an earthen dam that has a huge reservoir that builds up behind it. And the dam breaks and the water begins to flow out and it destroys everything in its pathway. And that's why he said, I'm going to change the name of this valley to Baal Perazim because this is where God broke through on the enemy. Hallelujah. And we were feeling that, oh yes, God, you've started breaking through on the enemy here. Praise God. But uh, Satan doesn't just give up. And if we read the scripture, that last scripture we read said, and the Philistines came back and camped in the valley of Rephaim. Now, why did it have that name? Because in those days, properties or places took on the names of the strongest inhabitants of the area. And evidently there had been a family of giants and a tribe of giants that had lived in that valley to where it became known as the Valley of Rephaim. Amen. And so they said, we're not giving up this valley. We're going to come back and we're going to fight. You see, when we are finally at the place where we begin to see and pursue the promises of God, Satan gathers his forces into his strongholds and challenges our right to possess it. Amen. They weren't about to accept the name Baal Perazim. They said, this is still our valley. This is still the valley of Rephaim. Amen. We're going to establish our authority once and for all now. And once again, we're going to, to fight in this valley. Satan's so predictable. He hasn't learned any new tricks since the garden. Amen. But David knew better than to just rush in and presume that God would break forth again on them. God is not boring. He often has some new way in which he will bring us victory. We just need to be sensitive to his voice. And so when he inquired of the Lord, God said, don't go up as before, but circle around them and come up on them uh, in front of the mulberry trees, and when you see, hear the sound of marching in the top of the trees, then go, for I will give you the victory. Amen. David was sensitive to the commandment of God and let the army of the Lord march on his behalf and bring great victory. When Satan says, this is my valley, the valley of the giants, you don't have a chance here. This is as far as you can go. You must know that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We can look back to past victories and know that we serve a God who never changes. David has already fought the giant Goliath, so he knew that God could beat the giants. And so when he came to the valley of the giants, he said, God, how do you want to do it? All right, you gave us victory, but they're still there. They're still trying to fight. God, what do you want us to do? Praise the Lord. Now, Satan may be predictable. God not all, is not always predictable. His thoughts are way above our thoughts. Amen. His ways are far above our ways. So since we didn't have any place to go and worship, we didn't have a church of our own yet. We decided for the sake of our children to attend an international church uh, at the Baptist compound, which had services in English. So that our children could at least get some English Sunday school. And we'd not been going long until the pastor came up to me one night and he said, Gary, 
Our Sunday school superintendent is leaving. Would you be willing to assume that position? I quickly answered, no, I don't think my mission would want me to do that. And he said, would you at least ask? So I called Brother Sisson and I asked him and he said, why not? <laughs> Just cut the ground right out from under me. And so I went back to him and, and I told him the next Sunday, uh, they said I could do that. He said, great, you know, we need Sunday school literature. Do you think you can arrange that? With a grin, I said, I can handle that. So for the next year and a half, we used Word of Flame literature for the classes and gave out our Bibles as prizes from Word of Fame with the doctrinal <laughs> edition in the back. Praise the Lord. And uh, God was moving. Kids were learning about God, learning, learning about truth. And, and uh, one day the pastor came to me and he said, you know, I'm leaving. Would you be willing to become the pastor of the church? And I was sure I was on solid ground then. And I said, no, I don't think so. I don't think, I'm sure my mission wouldn't like that. He said, would you ask? <laughs> I called Brother Sidham and he said, why not? <laughs> so for about six weeks, I pastored that international church. And for the first time, we had altar calls with people praying and weeping in the altar. One, a, denom a denominal uh, missionary journeyman, and another one, a, a missionary's wife, praying and crying and weeping in the altar. And when the other missionary groups who were also attending realized what was happening, they got together and formed a council which would require any minister to subscribe to all the creeds to be a pastor. So we said, fine. We gently withdrew, but we remained friends with many of the people, but did not go back. After a few weeks, two different nationalities came to us to inquire as to why we were no longer there. They said, it is so dead there now. Would you start services in your home for us? We did so, and for the next few years, we saw over 300 souls filled with a spirit from many different nationalities. We saw over 150 Filipinos, over 100 Jamaicans, around 45 uh, Koreans. Most of the Koreans were from the, the Korean embassy or for, from the Korean uh, community of business. And God did some beautiful things in, that, in those groups. And so we're thinking, yes, Lord, but at the same time this was happening, the Arabic group that we'd been in got a false prophet that came in and literally destroyed the group. And we were thinking, oh, God, we, you, you allowed them to have truth. And now now Satan has brought in this this evil. And uh, but there were some people in the group that didn't follow with this and they clung to the truth and they became the foundation of our Arabic work, which is still going on to this day. Amen. And I thank God that Brother Jonathan and Sister uh, uh, Darla are carrying it on. I know that it's not easy. Working with those people is a challenge every single day of your life. But a soul is a soul is a soul. Hallelujah. 
All of this time, we are in the country having services illegally. Now, the government knew we were there. In fact, I met with the, uh, the uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, uh, who was um, actually Muslim Brotherhood. After I was there about two years and, and I was trying to get a charter for the church and he said, we can't do that. We are uh, supported so much by Saudi Arabia and they've made us sign something that we would not allow any charters. There were a few churches that were grandfathered when Jordan became a nation. But he said, you can go to the university and you can, you can study the language and get your visa and, and you can quietly have some services in your home just so you don't baptize any Muslims. And so we just started doing what we could do. But one day the secret police called us in. We call them the Muhabarat. It's uh, the place of news about everybody. It's basically like the uh, FBI and the CIA all rolled into one. And they called us in and we went in and we didn't know what we were facing and the man said, uh, you know what you're doing is illegal. I said, yes, I know, but this is what I was told by, by this minister and then the minister of trade and supply we became good friends with and, and he helped us to be able to get some of this done. And, and uh, he said, I'm not telling you you have to stop. I'm telling you it's time to get legal. We had tried. We'd talk to lawyers. We'd talk to pastors. We had talked to government officials. They all said we can't do it. Amen. You see, there was another giant we had to conquer. We'd been uh, told numerous times that it just could not happen. Our lawyer said it's impossible. And so we started doing something that uh, you might not do here in America because you can do prayer walks here. We couldn't do that in Jordan. So we began having prayer drives. And one of these prayer drives, we had two full cars that were going in different directions. And somehow we ended up at the top of Jebel Hussein, which is Hussein, Hussein Mountain. And there at the very top of Hussein Mountain, there were some ruins. And looking over the edge, we could see the amphitheater down below. And... Uh, we began to talk to the guard and found out that this ruins was the temple of Hercules. It predated Islam. It predated most of the religions that were there. And God began to speak to us and say, this is where you need to defeat the enemy. Amen. We looked down over the edge and saw the amphitheater where... Uh, I'm sure Christians lost their lives in the first century. And as we were there, the spirit sparked something within us. And right there on the top of the mountain, outside of our cars, we began to pray and cry. And God gave us a message in tongues and interpretation and said, I'm going to give you the victory. <laughs> Hallelujah. About 30 days later, I received a call from the Ministry of the Interior and said, is this Reverend Reed? Well, I didn't go by Reverend Reed in Jordan. And uh, I said, uh, yes. 
He said, I need some information. His majesty, King Hussein, has instructed me to start papers for your church. Whoo! You have to understand there had not been any churches registered in that country since it was founded. But God reached out and said, I'm going to give you the victory. There's not a giant that can stand in your way. I'm going to break through on the enemy. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, there were churches there that were grandfathered, but they were all high churches. They either had uh, Orthodox or Catholic or something on the end of their name. But in that year, and I, I'm, I'm hazy with dates, I think it was 1997, the UPCI received a royal charter from the hand of His Majesty King, King Hussein. To this day, we are the only ones other than the high churches and the Seventh-day Adventists who have legally registered Christian churches in Jordan. The other churches are there as societies or schools or such, but we are legally registered in the country. A few years later, the Middle East Council of Churches, after King Hussein died, tried to take the charter away from us. They went to the government, tried to give it, get it removed, and King Abdullah, Hussein's son, began to research. He said, no, my father gave that to him. I'm going to put my signature on it as well. Hallelujah. And just recently, my son Brad, who went into the Gulf states, began to open works there. Amen. We had actually opened the work in the UAE and he began to work in other countries. Ordained by the organization there, but he said this church was started out of Jordan. So he went to Jordan because he couldn't get his ordination attested in the UAE. And he went to Jordan. He said, can you attest my ordination as this church being a branch of the United Pentecostal Church International in Jordan? And at first they said no, but as they began to research, they took it to the parliament. And the parliament attested his organization, ordination. And they once again attested the legality of the United Pentecostal Church International in Jordan. Hallelujah. So we have two kings and the parliament in Jordan that said, yes, we want the UPCI here. In fact, that man from the Muslim Brotherhood told me one day, I like your people. And when you get ready to have a charter, he said, I will sign my name to it. He said, I wish we could send our young people to your churches when they can leave Jordan because he said they go there and they're like a jack out of the box. But he said at least they'd have some semblance of order because he, he had researches. He had gone and visited churches in England and other places to see what we really were all about. And he said, why have you got the biggest churches in South America and Africa? I said, well, you know, when you don't have anything, you can get everything through God. And so I understand that. Praise the Lord. And so God 
defeated another giant. Now, Brother Sister Sherry, there's still giants there. But we've got victory over them in Jesus' name. Amen. They'll try to rise up. They'll try to do this. They'll try to do that. But we've got a God who has already said the victory is mine. The battle is the Lord's. You see, the God who defeated, defeated the giant in the past will also break forth against the whole valley of the giants and give us victory if we will seek his face and his will. Hallelujah. Like a well of living water springing up within us as we pray, as we fast, as we worship, it begins to build up that reservoir and we get to the place where the time is now and that reservoir breaks and it flows forth against the enemy and it defeats the giant. Hallelujah. From the reservoir of praise and worship, we can defeat the, any giant that we face. Does it feel like you've come up against a brick wall or a giant which you just cannot get past? You feel like you prayed and waited so long for God to answer, but in his time he will spark something within you. And as you obey him, he will break forth on the giants you are facing and give you great victory. Just go to God and ask, what do you want me to do? Will you give the victory? Will you let God break through in your life and in this church and give you the great victory we're all longing for? The giants of fear and doubt and false religion and apathy and carnality and spiritual wickedness in high places and COVID cannot defeat us if we will hear and obey the voice of the Lord. It may take more than one battle, but I believe this is to be the, the year of victory. I believe that now is the time Satan has deployed his giants to try to stop us, but he is a defeated foe in front of the spirit-led child of God and the church of God. And we can change the name of the valley of the giants to the master of the God of breakthroughs. Do you feel a welling up within you today? You feel like what God's getting ready to do in this place and in your life as an individual and in this church and in this country. God's getting ready to give a victory over all the giants that hell will throw against us. If only we will let him become the God, the master of the breakthrough. Praise God. May God bless you.